Welcome, I'm Connor Beaton, and this is The Man Talk Show, training for men and answers for women. Now, this is gonna be part two of the three-part series on codependency and men. And again, I've had a lot of men reach out uh, after the first one, and there were you know, lots of really good comments. One guy was like, oh my gosh, I feel like you were talking about me. I can't believe this. <laughs> He's like, I, I hesitated to send it to my girlfriend, uh, but I ended up doing it in the long run. Uh, so it sounds like this podcast series is really hitting home with a lot of you. Don't forget to leave a rating and review online. If if you are enjoying this show, it goes a long way into helping us rank uh, in iTunes, in Stitcher, and, and Spotify. So I know you have busy lives, uh, but I appreciate uh, the share, and I appreciate the rating and review. It goes a long way. Um, before I dive in today, so last week we covered uh, codependent men and what creates us, what creates those codependent men. And today we're going to talk about how to know if you are one. So how do I identify that? So uh, guys, tune in, listen closely. Ladies, uh, you know, obviously, while this is about codependent men, there's gonna be a lot of similarities if you have codependency uh, in your life. And again, um, codependency is not limited to one person. You don't get into a relationship with a codependent person and stay there for a long period of time without having codependence codependent tendencies as well. So today is going to be all about how to know if you are one, but really quickly, just one housekeeping note that I wanted to let you all know about, uh, which is that I am so excited because last year, Vienna and I created an amazing program called Get to Love You Want, and it was meant to be a program that taught the foundational pillars of a really great, healthy, strong, and long-lasting relationship. And we had a lot of people reach out that, you know, kept asking us, like, what are the foundational pieces? How do we create really great relationships? What goes into that? And so, you know, Vienna has worked with uh, people for over 12,000 hours doing face-to-face -face relationship work with them. And I've spent thousands and thousands of hours doing work with men and couples and, and women around relationships. And so we combined forces and created a program that was designed to really support you in deepening the quality of your relationship, deepening the, the quality of your sexual intimacy, um, giving you the tools to be able to navigate through conflict and not have simply reoccurring arguments in your relationships, but actually move through those relationships in a way that allows you to turn that into connection. And that is one of the greatest things that couples, that really great couples do. It's not that they don't have conflict or they ignore the conflict that's there. It's that they're able to resolve that conflict and turn it into connection. Um, because every time that we find resolution in conflict, it creates a sense of intimacy. So this program goes deep into, into communication, into conflict, into setting boundaries, into sex and intimacy. It's six weeks long. There's 12 modules. You can do it at your own pace. You have access to it forever. Uh, Vienna and I lead you through all the modules and there's a good amount of work. So you can do it whether you are single, whether you are in a relationship. Uh, it is definitely worth your while and worth your time. Uh, if you're interested, join us today. You can use the discount code discount50 and head on over to connorbeaton.com or you can find it uh, in my bio on Instagram at Mantalks. So without, with that out of the way, thank you very much 
for all those of you who have joined us in the past, because we did, uh, we have put almost a thousand people through the program. Uh, so we know that it works. We know that it produces some amazing results. Um, so thank you to those of you who are tuning in, who have done the program uh, and looking forward to meeting all the new people that are going to be uh, joining us in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so with that said, let's dive in. How do you know if you are codependent? How do you know if you are a codependent man? Well, the first one that I wrote down here that actually really hit home, because I'm not going to lie, I definitely fell into this uh, in my 20s. I, I definitely uh, emulated this, this, the essence of this one, which is you want to rescue people and you get a sense of self-worth from saving or fixing people. Now, I, I, I wrote this one down and uh, immediately I was like, oh, shit, like I, I was definitely a culprit of that. And I still feel this part come up. Right. It's not that it's it's not that it's disappeared. It's not that it's completely vacant from me. Um, I still feel this part come up that really wants to save people, that really wants to fix people. But the difference is now I uh, obviously I have an outlet with what I do for work. Um, but I also realize that my job is actually not to fix anyone. Uh, my job is to help people understand themselves at a deeper level. And one of the things that I noticed. Uh, when I started to reflect on this one in, in my own life and how it showed up in my past relationships was that there was this deep desire to rescue people because it creates an automatic dependency, right? When when you're in a relationship with someone and you are able to save them from uh, you know, a, a bad work situation or you're able to fix something that's going wrong in their uh, you know, in a relationship they have with one of their friends or provide them with solutions when their family situation is going bad, you feel good, right? You feel like you have a purpose or a function in that person's life. The problem comes when that becomes a dependency, when we rely on confidence, when we rely on self-worth, and when we rely on being okay on our ability to save or fix our partner's problems. And so one of the main things that we need to start to do in our relationship is to move away from needing to fix or save our partner. We need to move into a space of seeing our partner as someone who is capable of solving their own problems, of fixing uh, the, the challenges or the what is quote unquote broken or not working properly in their life. Uh, so this was a really, really big one. And I'm going to talk more about this next week on part three, which is how to stop being codependent or how to work with codependent partners if you have found yourself entering into a relationship with one. Uh, number two, you need, need, need other people's validation to feel stable, to feel good, to feel confident. Uh, again, this one is very much uh, sort of like a nice guy syndrome, right? So if you have read the book, No More Mr. Nice Guy by Dr. Robert Glover, and you've identified with that, you've probably gone deep into understanding that there's a part of you that desperately craves validation, especially from the feminine, especially from women. And so if you need validation heavily in your relationship, if you're constantly looking for your partner to tell you that you look great or that you are performing well sexually in bed or uh, you know that you uh, are good for taking out the garbage or cleaning up the house or like whatever it is that you're seeking validation for, if you need that to feel okay or to feel connected or to feel like there is an intimate connection and bond between you and your partner, that is another really good sign 
that there is codependency in place. The next one, and this is a big one, is that you make sacrifices in your relationship that others don't. So these sacrifices can be that you uh, stop connecting with friends, you stop taking care of your health, you stop doing your morning routine, you let all of the things that that hold you up and that keep you sovereign and independent and really acting and behaving as a sovereign individual within the context of a relationship, you let those things slide and you sacrifice those things as sort of a martyr and you start to say, I am great for letting go of these things and for prioritizing your needs. And look how good I am for taking care of everything that you need. I'm, I'm sacrificing what I want. I'm letting go of what I want for dinner tonight so that you can have exactly what you want. And I didn't go out with my friends so that I could take care of the kids and yada, yada, yada. The more that we, the more that we do that, now there's a difference between needing to uh, compromise in a relationship because life's busy versus sacrificing what you know you need to be stable, to be confident, to be moving in a, a healthy direction uh, and and letting those things slide. So codependent people will generally uh, sacrifice what they know they need and then say that it's a really great thing. So they'll sort of like sell this bill of goods to their partner, like, look how great I am. And the challenge is that in codependent relationships, both people will start to do this. So they'll generally start to sacrifice sacrifice friendships. They'll start to sacrifice health. They'll start to sacrifice financial commitments. Um, they'll start to sacrifice commitments at work, extracurricular activities, um, creative endeavors, and they'll start to let these things go and label it as good, that, that label it as making them a better partner because they are sacrificing that for something that their partner needs or that the relationship needs. Now, the challenge is that eventually that will create resentment. And what happens is that resentment starts to creep in and fights ensue and arguments and conflict ensues. And suddenly, before people know it, they are at each other constantly because they both feel like they have sacrificed more than the other one. And then the easiest sign to know this, and you've probably felt this or heard this in your relationship, is that you are getting into an argument with your partner trying to prove that you have sacrificed more than them. That is a really good sign that there is some form of codependency. That doesn't mean that your whole relationship is codependent or that you know, you're know you're like this big dysfunctional codependent couple, but it does mean that there is a sign of codependency present. Anytime that a couple is getting into a, an argument or a conflict and they are arguing about who is sacrificing more, there's a form of codependency in place. So I'll just leave that there for you to discuss <laughs> tonight or later on after this podcast. Uh, and just as a reminder, you should definitely listen to this individually, maybe take a little bit of notes and then listen to this with your partner. Uh, next, you cover up for your partner and don't set boundaries with her or him. Uh, this is a big one, right? This is a big, big, big one that I have seen time and time again, um, especially when it comes to us men. Because guys, let's be honest, a lot of us, want to cover up for our partner when their behavior is out of alignment because we feel oftentimes what I've heard a lot of men say is that we feel or they feel like they are a failure 
for having their partner act in a certain way or not show up in a certain way. So they will make excuses for why their partner's chronically late. They will make excuses for their partner's anger and uh, inappropriate comments at parties. They will make excuses for their partner being unhealthy, whether it's over drink, excessive drinking or drug use or gambling or you know inappropriate racism or whatever it is. That is another form of codependency. There's a lack of boundary in place. You stop holding your partner accountable because of a fear that you will be left, that your partner will not respect you enough, will not love you enough, and that they will leave. And so there's a fear there that cripples you, that cripples us in a way from setting a stronger boundary. Now, the key here is that these boundaries are so important. So if this resonates with you, I would strongly suggest that you write out some of the ways that you cover up for your partner, whether that's past or present. And you might want to do this exercise by looking at your family system. Where did your mom cover up for your dad? Where did your dad cover up for your mom? If you grew up in a household where addiction was present, where conflict was rampant, there was probably a little bit of covering up happening. And that's something that is a learned behavior. So look at your past relationship, but also look at your family of origin, your family system, and start to see where there was cover up happening. Next, you struggle with things just being fine. Now, this is a really simple one, but it's one that's really easy to identify, right? People that are codependent generally feel uneasy when the relationship is working really well, when their life is going really well. There's like a a mistrust (laughs) in the fact that things are going well. And they'll oftentimes pick fights in the moments where things are just going great, right? You're, You're having a great date night. You're having a great weekend. Someone comments on how great of a weekend you're having on, you know, Saturday afternoon. And boom, by Saturday night, you know, that that codependent couple or that codependent person is starting to pick an argument. So guys, one of the things that I've noticed with a lot of men is that this is where obsessive behavior starts to creep in. This is where that anxious and sort of needy part starts to show up. And generally, codependent men will start to have their insecurities show up when things are going fine. So you'll you'll find that your relationship is starting to find a really good groove. You know, you're on a you know, you've had a couple great date nights or you're having a great weekend and all of a sudden your insecurities will pop up out of nowhere. She'll pick up her phone out of her purse and she'll start texting someone and all of a sudden you hear the little voice in your head going like I wonder who the hell she's texting. You know, like I wonder what she's doing. I wonder if she's on, you know, on some dating app or whatever, whatever that insecure voice in your head says. And then you say something passive aggressive or you say something cutting and you make a comment rather than setting a boundary, rather than asking, hey, you know, what are you doing? We're on a date. We're sitting at a table. Like, can you put your phone away? We have an agreement or whatever that is. And you lash out. And so notice that part of you that's coming out because that is a codependency. A lot of people have learned very early in life that, and this is going to sound strange, that conflict is a love language, all right? I wrote about this the other day on Instagram in one of my posts, but codependent people very much, uh, very frequently will use conflict as a means of connection. 
and they will try and leverage conflict if they feel like their partner's pulling away. So that's a, again, this is a really big sign that codependency is present. Your partner starts to pull away, your insecurity comes up and cue the argument, cue the fight. You might say something um, that you know is going to start an argument with your partner just to create some sort of connection and then you make up after and you know who knows what that ritual or routine looks like that has been embedded into the relationship. So notice that one. You're not okay with things being fine. And last but not least, you are defined by your relationship. Now, if you've ever read Way of the Superior Man, David Data talks a lot about how a man's purpose can never be his relationship. And I would largely agree with this. Um, I have found time and time again that even the healthiest of men, if they get into a relationship and they make their relationship their purpose, very quickly will become dysfunctional because who he is in the world is then defined by whether or not his partner is okay, whether or not she is happy with him, whether or not his family is working well, um, but more specifically, whether or not the relationship, maybe exclude the family and kids from that, whether or not the relationship is okay. And that can create all sorts of challenges. First off, what he will, what a man will generally start to do is that he will focus an immense amount of energy and attention specifically on making sure that the relationship is always perfect or fine. And that might mean that when conflict arises, he goes into a very reactive space of needing to fix it immediately. Because if, if his partner is not doing well uh, and he's not able to fix it, he feels an immense amount of panic within him. And that causes him to lose the ability to function properly uh, at his best in work, in his health, in his mindset. And all of a sudden, if his partner's not okay, he starts to crumble and sort of fall apart. And so codependent men are often defined by their relationship. And I hear men say this all the time, right? This is this is the epitome, and this is why I hate this saying. It's it's like I hate it's it's the worst relationship saying, in my opinion. This is this is where the saying happy wife, happy life comes in, right? That's a codependent saying. That is a a saying that's basically telling men, as long as your wife's okay you're good. And like, I get the essence of what this saying is, is trying to teach men, like, you know, make sure that you are making your relationship a priority. But how most men take it is, I need to make sure that my life revolves around making sure that my partner is okay. And that creates an immense amount of codependency. How we start to separate ourselves from this, I'm going to cover in the next episode um, because I unpacked a lot, but I just want to touch really quickly on this last point. What I will say is if we see our partner as someone that needs us in order for them to be okay, that's codependency. If we need our partner to emotionally process for us to uh, you know, work through whatever we're dealing with, that is a form of codependency. And so we have to start to move into the space of seeing our partner as someone that is sovereign from us and that we are sovereign from them, that we are two completely independent people that are completely capable of processing our own emotions, of speaking our truth, of being able to communicate when we feel hurt, 
when we have uh, when our partner has crossed the line, identifying when we have crossed the line, being able to communicate what we want to explore sexually, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, philosophically, psychologically, being able to communicate what we want to experience and explore and and how we want to be in the world and not have that be reliant on someone else, right? Far too often you'll hear partners or a couple when they get into an argument say something along the lines of, you made me feel this way, right? You said that and then it made me feel this way. It's like, well, there's a very fine line there, right? So start to peel back the layers and maybe as a final question for you and your partner to ask yourselves is, what would it look like for you to be a sovereign man within the context of your relationship? What and, and again, sovereignty just means that you are independent. It's another way of saying that there's a there's a complete sense of autonomy and independence. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have needs within our relationship. It doesn't mean that we don't enjoy when our partner compliments us or you know shares appreciation for us having done something around the home. That's not it. It simply means that we're okay without that. We know that we're a good partner. We know that we're a good husband. We're able to self-soothe and self-regulate and self-validate. And we have direction and purpose and function outside of the relationship. All right. So I wanted to leave that there with you. So explore that. Start to ask yourself, what would it look like for me to be a sovereign individual within the context of my relationship? What would I need to add in? What would need to change? How would our dynamic need to change? What's the potential or perceived threat of how the relationship will change? So if you're listening to this episode with your partner, with which I highly, highly, highly encourage, regardless of whether or not you identify as codependent, um, I would I would write down those questions and explore them with your partner because it can be extremely beneficial. So thank you so much for tuning in. Again, don't forget to share this episode with just one person. I think the last one had an incredible amount of shares and downloads uh, seem to be going all over the place like wildfire. So thank you so much for sharing in advance. Um, I just wanted to say one last thing, which is, um, if you didn't know before, we have reached well over a million downloads on this show, which I could not be more grateful for. So thank you to every single one of you that has tuned into the show since day one, that continues to be a part of this, whether you are new, whether you've been here for six months or since the inception. Uh, I just appreciate you and thank you so, so much. I will talk to you next week.